there's always an opportunity to be a better us for this world. So claim it! It's time to develop me for we. Happy morning, everyone! Welcome to Develop Me for We. I'm Steph Saison, your host. So today's topic is on applying knowledge and reflection into action. So I am very guilty of this because I'm really the type who loves to collect a lot of input information from the books that I read, from podcasts, movies, and like all the seminars and retreats that I've been to. And it's just so hard sometimes to just condense everything and make sure that every single learning that I have is applied to my life. And that's why it's so important that we really make the time to take the time to process everything that is going in so that it's just not in and then out, but really out, outwardly into our lives. I initially had this reflection when I was in a retreat a few months ago that I would have a lot of action steps, but I would initially just say, yeah, I feel so blessed. Yeah, I think the speaker is talking to me. Like, I would cry. I feel so refreshed. But yeah, a lot of people would say these as their um, main takeaways. But not having that kind of specific um, takeaway to apply to our lives, even just one, would sometimes make whatever we learned null because we don't really apply it to our lives. Like, yeah, it's good to feel like you're blessed and you're refreshed, but it's like we're taking the easy route of of whatever we've learned. Because what did God say? What does God want you to do? What are your action steps? It's like you're acknowledging it, but not really translating it into your life. So a lot of times, actually, it's because we have a lot of excuses and we actually negotiate with God on... I don't think this is what he said or maybe I can do it like next quarter or maybe next year so it's like right on January so I can do it for one whole year or I'm too busy right now it's just because we're so afraid to shake up our normal our status quo and we don't want to venture into what's unfamiliar and of course we need to change our lifestyle like okay I have to stop this oh I have to start this oh there's so much to do and I like what uh, Amanda Haberman said from Psychology Today and why we resist change. So in terms of our bodies and our brains, so our bodies have this complex inertia. So that's our tendency to do nothing or remain unchanged. So that's the resistance to change. And it's important to maintain that state of equilibrium known as homeostasis. So homeostasis helps our bodies to maintain a normal body temperature, our metabolism, weight, other functions that are necessary and important for our survival. So think about homeostasis, like I like her metaphor here, that it's like a micromolecular neuropsychological thermostat. So, okay, is it too hot? Is it too cold? Okay, my body will adjust. Okay, turn on the aircon, turn on the fan, or turn on the heater. So you adjust respectively. So that's how our bodies um, react to change like we don't want change but actually our bodies can adapt to change so our excuses on having a lot of things on our plate like okay i have another thing to consciously think about be aware of that i have to make an effort to change and maintain like it's hard but would you prefer that we'd say okay actually it's just better that i just fall back to my neural pathways of just being on autopilot with my life like do we want to 
just coast through our lives on autopilot like not really being present in our lives understanding that okay the reason i do this is because of this specific motivation and this is the specific direction that i want to be to be going headed towards and these are the decisions that are being made like it's so tiring to just think about it but stay with me here and not feel overwhelmed because it's possible not to coast too much in life but of course at least be able to consciously make one new step towards improving and also heading towards the direction that you want to be so uh, i hear this a lot of times and i myself am guilty also that we'd say we've moved on from these cer certain problems that oh maybe i just uh, i just cried in that message because uh, i I had that problem before but now i don't have it anymore so we don't have to linger on that so some would say that yeah we've already moved on that you're okay but moving on doesn't mean that you're solving it like you grew from it but did you really heal from it we have a lot of unhealed wounds that we'd say we just okay i'll just forgive and forget but having unhealed wounds will manifest somehow like there would just be a trigger like for example you've been suppressing keeping it inside you this anger towards this person and you said okay i will forgive this person and we will be civil and then like there's something that another person said and you got triggered it's because of all that unhealed wounds and it's all pent up there like you're gonna snap because you've been suppressing it like think of it as like a closet that we think that oh that's an empty closet i'll put in my clothes or a chair put on my clothes all those stuff and it it can it can survive for now like it looks just a regular closet that looks so organized but eventually you put more and more things like sometimes you don't even look anymore you just throw everything in that direction because that's where it should go that's the pile that i won't uh, i won't bother to look at and try to process and try to organize and ugh, like it's just so bothersome like that process but eventually when you open it or when you try to sneak in another one it's gonna open it's gonna pour out and it's gonna engulf you in like clothes and trash and whatnot so it's inevitable that's why it, before everything explodes in your face it's better to make that step towards um, ensuring that each little item is brought out and we lay it out and be able to process everything so god never told us to suppress anything like that spiritual bypassing that we've been talking about because he wants us to redirect us the redirect rather our desires those hurts to him because only he can truly heal and understand i went through this training and actually read this book um, emotionally healthy spirituality by peter cesaro so i'll show you that book there's also another one this one emotionally healthy woman so I rec these are recommended readings and i'll actually explore a lot of um, topics that they have in succeeding podcast episodes so that it would be very meaty and not too long uh, and i like how you know we we are aware of this this iceberg model that okay we're aware of everything here on top but this is the unexplored region that we have and there's so much that lies underneath more than we know more than that we see and that's why it's so important that we really take the time to understand our whole being because we're more than just this physical or 
our mental or emotional this is what makes up our full humanity like there's an emotional social intellectual spiritual and physical so we cannot neglect like one and be okay with the rest each part of our humanity has to stay intact we have to tend to it and ensure that it is being matured so uh, i'll just give you some examples from the bible like i'll touch more on like suppressing um our emotions and everything we've been through in the future but god really tells us to bring to him our pains and everything that we're going through like in philip uh rather in psalms 51 verse 17 after david like committed adultery with Bathsheba and he felt so bad but he knew that he can still approach god even through everything that he's been through like he's such a great king yet he did this little thing and it stays with him forever because it caused someone to die and he took someone's wife but he still said oh my sacrifice oh god is a broken spirit a broken contrite heart you god will not despise so he knew that god would be okay to that david would approach him even if he's broken even if he's hurt because in psalm 34 18 the lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves the crushed in spirit and jeremiah 17 14 says heal me lord and i will be healed save me and i will be saved for you are the one i praise so we really see that god will heal us he's our refuge we can go to him because he's close to us who have pains and who doesn't have like those inner hurts inner pains like all of us have our own stories of that brokenheartedness and god fully understands and he is there willing to listen willing to just give you that comfort in second corinthians chapter 1 verses 3 to 8 it says here praise be to the god and father of our lord jesus christ the father of compassion and the god of all comfort who comforts us in all troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces a new patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm. Because we know that just as you share in our suffering, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experience in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. So you can really see from this um, kind of lengthy passage that we will receive comfort. And from that comfort, we will be able to also comfort others. So just praise to God because he is someone who loves and is someone that we can go to. So now moving on to the how. How do we translate these thoughts that we have, actions that we have into action? So it's similar to my past episode, episode 13 and creating goals and sticking to them. So if you haven't listened to that yet, please go to that because I'll expound more on making your goals on how they should be aligned, actionable, and accountable, and then giving guidelines as well in terms of how you can still enjoy, not obsess over all the numbers and technicalities of it, to stay grounded, and to do it from our true source of strength. So another thing, um, another guideline that I would want to give, aside from 
that episode would be to be humble. This is so important. We have to recognize that we aren't perfect. We are all works in progress and that's fine. We all are. So it's in self-awareness that change first starts. So let us be courageous in taking that first step towards change. So let's be humble to recognize that this can't be done on our own. So as I mentioned, we need accountability because we don't know certain things. We're not aware of certain things and we need community. And most especially, we need God because only through God that we can make lasting change in our lives. We need to humble ourselves and seek God and to um, to seek God to let us know these things that God reveal to me what are the things that I have to face because Sometimes I turn a blind eye. Sometimes I'm not even aware. So let's just be able to just open ourselves to that. So another one is, last one that I would give before going to more examples is to make the time to take the time to process. So don't use this as an excuse to procrastinate because I've done that (laughs) and I delay my action steps. But also try to strike that balance that you won't rush but you also don't use it to procrastinate and hence the need for accountability so people can already be sharing insights like oh i'll change this i'll do that but you can't yet but it's okay and don't rush like exact we'll find it out we'll discover it god will reveal it to us at the right time we have our own timelines so just try to be still listen and journal so Journaling helps us actually connect things we never noticed before because we can just take that step back and see it like literally like draw them together, like connect them together. So aside from us just continually praying, talking to God and writing down all these things, again, listen as well because we don't have the answers. Not we don't have all the answers. We still need to understand further things. So examples from the Bible on having a turning point and not just continuing on their lives afterwards. So I just want to take these examples to further affirm and encourage you so that you'd realize that God always makes a way, allows us to have these opportunities to have turning points so that we would go to him. So the first one would be found in Acts 9. And I'll read that to you, Acts 9, verse 1 to 22. So this is the conversion of Saul. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days, he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. So now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. And 
The Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying. He has seen in a vision a man called Ananias come in and lay his hands on him, so that he may regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem, and here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. So now he proclaims Jesus in the synagogues. For some days, he was with the disciples of Damascus. And immediately, he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the man who made havoc and said uh, in Jerusalem and those who called upon his name? And has he not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was Christ. So you can really see that from Saul, someone who is so known to be that persecutor of all, he was the one who gave the authority to stone Stephen. And he was converted to who he is now known, one of the greatest apostles, Paul. So he was he thought he was doing all the right things he was actually very esteemed and successful in what he was doing and people respected him because he's there up there in authority but when this happened like he was humbled by god by this experience what did he do like he he was just quiet he was still he didn't eat he didn't drink and he really took that time to reflect and to fast even he didn't get mad like immediately once he got his eyesight what did he do he for some days he was with the disciples at damascus so he was sinking everything was sinking in and he was learning and immediately verse 20 he proclaimed jesus in the synagogue saying he is the son of god so a lot of us we have this dark past these mistakes but let us not be discouraged in everything that people would say like wow you're such a better person and all but no one would want to believe you but it's fine because he was called like in verse uh, 15 god said that he's the chosen instrument so god will will really use you 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 would have a purpose in god so when you have that kind of turning point similar to paul just immediately don't put it off don't go back to your old life don't be like why did this happen to me i'm so frustrated i just want the, the peace from before that everyone would be afraid of me everyone would just respect me uh things from before because why how dare god would do this to me but he wasn't like that he was actually humbled and he was immediately drawn to his real purpose and in verse 23 to 25 actually when many days had passed the jews plotted to kill him but their plot became known to Saul. They were watching the gates day and night in order to kill him. But his disciples took him by night and let him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. So it's going to be a very difficult ride for all of us as we try to, to 
go towards the truth and towards the right direction in our lives but a lot of people will discourage us a lot of people won't won't believe us and won't even support us but it's good that he had this support group this accountability group the disciples to help him and it was really ultimately god who guided him that it was made known to him and even if there were like day and night so many guards in the gate Saul was safe because he was called a chosen instrument by God. Another passage that I want to share with you is found in John 8. So this is the woman, the unknown woman caught in adultery. So the context of this was it was um, just straight during or after like the Feast of Booths, uh, Feast of Tabernacles. So this was when um, everyone was celebrating, remembering God's faithfulness when they were in the Exodus, they were out there in the wilderness, and God really provided. So, of course, they're all celebrating that. And here is a woman caught in adultery. So, they went each to his own house, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placed her in the midst they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones, and Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. So, that Feast of Booths, like as I mentioned, it was a time of celebration that the Jews had for God's faithfulness. And it's so ironic that during this time that they're celebrating about God, about who He is, that something like this would happen. Like, that's so common of us. Like, we take things for granted. Like, we celebrate these traditions and rituals, but we don't really understand it. And we don't really um, let that live in our lives so jesus didn't condemn this woman as you saw in the passage and he extended her the grace grace that we all have grace that is extended to all of us and he makes us recognize the wrongs that we do but he doesn't humiliate us like make people turn against us and make us suffer he didn't but he didn't just leave her there like everyone felt convicted like people speculate that what he was writing was either we're not sure if maybe it might be like the the sins of other people but everyone realizes that everyone makes mistakes everyone is imperfect everyone is sinful so it's it's just so judgmental of us so hypocritical of us to just point our finger and focus on someone else's sin and that sin shouldn't just define them because what defines us as people our identity is god and god's grace so jesus doesn't leave her to where she was and I really love that verse that verse 10 he says neither do I uh, verse 11 rather neither do I condemn you now go 
and from now on sin no more so sin no more remember this grace that was extended to you that you're aware okay you're aware of your sin and you were supposed to die because by law you were supposed to be stoned to death but jesus came in this was supposed to be our penalty this was supposed to be our punishment but he came in he extended this grace he saved us and so what do we do now like after this does the woman just continue to abuse this grace continue to live an adulterous life like you'd see like so many passages in the bible that everyone once they have that turning point once they meet christ once um you read something you learn something they immediately want to do something with their lives they process it that okay sin no more okay this life that i've had i've been having is not glorifying to god and it's just very timely because it's been a week after holy week and a lot of us yeah all over the world we celebrate that like wow christ is risen easter and do do we really understand what christ did do we really understand that what he did on the cross and that he rose again and he's proving that he is our savior and our lord and he truly is god like what do we do with this information a lot of people just okay yay holidays for thursday and friday and just add it to the trivia of things that they know or maybe just okay i'll just do an easter egg hunt and what what do we do with it like knowing that this was holy week this is what happened like do we just continue to celebrate it then like do we just celebrate it during holy week or do we just celebrate lent like 40 days before before holy week so i invite you all to look at matthew 28 like in matthew 28 christ uh, went to the women he he revealed himself to the disciples and from there he didn't just leave them to be to show them like okay this is truth okay now you know that i've risen and okay uh i i am god <laughs> now you know i'm proving to you thomas like remember in the past episode i'm proving to you like i really have risen he didn't just leave us there he continued in the great commission like verse 16 onwards matthew 28 verse 16 to 20. now the 11 disciples went to galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Yeah, some still doubted. But Jesus still came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So we are just left with okay good to know that uh that jesus rose again and thank you for revealing yourself to us but we are given this call like similar to paul we are chosen instruments like we're all called to share about god's love something that we all experience something that we are all experiencing god's grace god's love so don't just stick with all these reflections and all these knowledge but not apply it to your lives so we think that we can just continue on with life sometimes now okay i'm i'm good like i don't i don't necessarily like need god or what but in isaiah 60 it says like god is holy he's holy 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 like such a superlative like he's so holy that 
God being so holy, he cannot stand sin because he's just so holy. That's who he is because he's God. He cannot stand sin. He cannot stand unholiness. And that's why in Old Testament before, they would have these sacrifices because they can't atone for themselves. They need, okay, an unblemished lamb. But it's hard because we sin all the time, like every single day. And so every time we need to whip out those sacrifices. But it's so hard because, yeah, yeah, it's so recurring. And you'll see that many times that Israel fell and they go back to their sins. And they fall into the performance trap that, oh, yeah, we're offering sacrifices. We're showing you, God, yeah, we're, we worship you. And we have like a heartfelt uh, worship, but it's not really heartfelt repentance. And they don't really confess what they're doing unless they're really suffering already. Like they thought that, okay, it's fine. Like this lamb will do it for me. Like I have these sacrifices, but God doesn't delight in the sacrifices. He delights in the obedience. He delights in our hearts. So all this in the Old Testament, it will really help us appreciate this New Testament, this New Testament that we're all in, that how how big of a deal sin really is, that how big of a deal that sacrifice Jesus had for us, that he didn't have to do it because he is God, but he loves us. That's why he did it. He doesn't want us to stay like this and just continually recur doing this and all because it's not enough. So he took our place and he was that lamb for us because only he is perfect and only he could do it for us. So I just invite you with these last few passages that we trust in the process and trust God. Proverbs 3, 5-6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. So it's going to be hard, but yeah, as you say, trust in the process. Yeah, trust God. Like it's again going to be hard but it's going to be so worth it you realize how much god can do for your life and also in first peter chapter 1 verse 7 like so that the tested genuineness of your faith or precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of jesus christ so we're going to be really tested like refiner's fire like how gold silver would undergo it but Bam, beauty, gold, silver, shining. Like we all need this. So we just continue to trust that process, even if it's painful for now, because it's just light and momentary suffering. So lastly, Romans 12, verse 1 to 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve God's will, what his will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So again, let's be transformed in the renewing of our minds. Like let's not just keep the, that input, but really apply it to our lives. Place those action steps. Like we know the truth, now let's live in light of the truth. And all of us have this free access to God. Like we always just pray to him, approach him, listen to him, and align with him with our big steps, small steps, next steps. So just don't take it for granted. All of us have it. So I leave you guys with these questions. Ask yourself these questions and make an effort to reflect and answer. Whew. So two, first one is what is a recent turning point? It can be actually more than one. It doesn't have to be recent, but turning point, reflection, thought, emotion, 
can be from a reading or whatnot that you felt god nudging you to explore like have you been setting aside rather than processing it with him is he really nudging you that come on don't set it aside like time to process it second is okay so what should my next steps be your next steps be like what kind of environment should i cultivate to ensure that i don't self-sabotage this progress that i'm having so this in terms of cultivating the environment i'll explore more on this in succeeding episodes let's just take it one step at a time by recognizing first by being self-aware first like what are these things that i've been hiding in the closet all that thing all those things below that tip of the iceberg that we have so in terms of cultivating the environment we really need a support group also like i just give a few examples like um i had a group of friends also that some would say toxic because they never listened to me they would always just seek that opportunity to show off their advice how experienced they are with certain things and this actually helped me like for me that was good because it helped me turn to god and realize that he was the one that i really needed to go to whenever i felt down whenever i wanted to rant whenever i had a problem and that cultivated my relationship with him actually and that also helped me with my relationship with those friends and also maybe with food like in terms of the environment you're setting up if your next steps will be to respect your body try to eat healthier or to exercise more don't surround yourself with so much food so much unhealthy things so it's about that like you have next steps but you need to cultivate a situation for an environment it for it rather that would really affirm those next steps that you have so that's it for this episode thank you guys so much for listening it's a long episode i'm actually very sweaty right now i'm so sorry but yeah follow me on instagram at stepsizon if you want daily updates i'm also posting a lot of things there um linkedin if you want uh twitter at what step says on and you can always email me at developmefreely at gmail.com so i pray you all take the time to think through your answers to these critical questions and don't forget that we all need to make the time to take the time so happy morning